Gary Hoffman. They gave him a five-minute standing ovation at the end. Shannon Farron. The bitch is insane. you for being here and ruining everything for everybody else. Gary and Shannon. Together, we will make America great again. Gary and Shannon. Well, can we just put a rule in each and every train? What does the What does the rule say? Look at Elizabeth. I love her bangs. I was going to cut bangs. She's got one of those little things on the little. What's that called on the back of the phone? You hold it with. Oh, it like pops out. I don't know. Snap, I've pop, seen pop, those. Snap, pop up. Yeah. Pop, popper snapper. Okay. Um. Yeah, the rule about the what's, train. What's the rule in the train that we're going to have? If you are the engineer of a train, yes. your cell phone cannot be in the engineer compartment locomotive. A lot of a lot of places do have A lot of transit um, uh, organizations do require that trains and engineers not have their phone within arm's reach. Now, we don't or know. Or even in, in the cab. We don't know. I think that should be a hard and fast rule. I uh, We don't know if he was distracted by a cell phone or a person or what. We'll get into it. We've got a big show coming up. The whole th- How are we going to fit this in? I don't know. We're going to have to take time from John well, and Ken again. Just a few minutes ago, um, the House did its revote. There were some technical issues that we'll talk about a little bit later, but the House did their revote. So a one and a half trillion dollar tax reform plan is now on its way to the president, and uh, all p- signs point to him signing this thing into law within the next day, maybe even today. Republicans are planning a huge party at the White House to celebrate this. Can we talk about that party? What no, goes on at that party? Not much. Really? Well, I think Mike Pence is the one in charge of oh, it. Oh, so maybe a which, couple Amstel lights? Which is like having Angela from The Office in charge of your parties at work. I don't watch The Office, but I still can get the joke. It's like having the least fun person Yeah. plan the party. You could be played by the woman who played Angela. But really? I mean, character-wise, different, totally different. Googling this. Well, I mean, we've got. I've had to recast the show many times, and Elizabeth Berkeley, not Elizabeth Berkeley, Elizabeth Banks was one of the people I thought would play you. Um, she's nice. She's nice. She's uh, pretty. Well, also in the uh, one o'clock hour, Doctor Wendy Walsh is going to join us. How to be just a little bit better at buying gifts? I think you're just this picking is, blonde people. Yes, this is the worst. This is the worst part of the holidays for me is I don't feel like I'm great at giving gifts. And I have I have a hint on how to do it. And we'll talk about it when we get in the one o'clock hour uh, that I think has made a little bit of a difference. But we'll talk about that. How to also deal with stress, especially now, especially in this very, very stressful time of year. So all of that, a fire update, it's all coming up. Oh, the latest the sexual harassment laws and Meryl Street posters. I don't know if you've driven around no. Wilshire, Wilshire Boulevard. There are new Meryl Street posters. What up. do they say? They say she knew. <sighs> it's br- She's Who's already responded that? to it. Well, it's the Rose McGowan people. I don't know if it's wow. her or if people close to her, but Interesting. That's, the, that's the basic assertion. Rose McGowan has said that Meryl Streep knew about Harvey Weinstein and did nothing. I wouldn't be surprised because did you see Death Becomes Her? No. Okay. Well, in that movie, <laughs> she seems like she could know something and maybe look the other way. Okay. But we start. Did you see Bridges of Madison County? No. I didn't either. 
We start in DuPont, Washington, where that investigation into that fatal Amtrak crash that killed through three people south of Seattle near Tacoma continues. Uh, They are focusing now on the possibility that this engineer was distracted by a cell phone or another person in his cab or something else when he took that curve at 80 instead of the posted 30 mile per hour speed limit. Now, all the crew members are hospitalized. They have yet to be interviewed. And we talked to Alex Stone about this yesterday, and he said that this is pretty routine, that when you have a train crash or a plane crash, sometimes NTSB and investigators will let a week go by. And that's you. You were curious about that yesterday. I'm still curious about it today. You'd think uh, from all the police procedurals I've watched, you want to get to people right away so you can get the details uh, when they're fresh in their mind. Well, Alex referred to this today. At least the engineer has not been medically cleared to go through the process of being interviewed. I don't know exactly why. I mean, other than the descriptions of his injuries have been pretty vague. He uh, suffered a, uh, a head injury, which may be a concussion in all honesty. I mean, if he's in the front of that train that goes off the tracks at 80 miles an hour and comes to a stop a lot quicker than it should have. Yeah, chances are he got knocked around quite a bit. So I suppose there's that. But there, like you said, there are things that they could potentially forget over the course of a few days. I would want to get that information as soon as possible. Right, and I understand doing interviews after a week's time, after the the dust is settled, uh, forgive that, but... Why not do a series of interviews right after it happens and then do another series uh, in in a week or so? Now, there are cameras that were in the engineer's cab that have been sent to the safety board's lab in D.C., but they were badly damaged. They're going to try to extract any images that they can showing what went on in the moments right before that train plunged into that uh, grove of trees and onto the busy highway. There's also something called a track chart, and there are questions about whether or not this engineer had experience on this line. Because remember, the 15-mile stretch of track that's right before this turn is relatively new to these Amtrak trains. They used to have to make a big, huge, wide, sweeping turn around Tacoma, way out towards the uh, Puget Sound, etc., Now, they're saying that the track charts will describe for these engineers the the speed limits along the route, any tricky areas that they have to pay attention to. So before they even step into the cab, they have a good roadmap, not the right term, but they have a good roadmap of what it is they're looking forward to in the next several hours of engineering that train. This issue of distraction in the cab is not new. There was the the commuter train crash in L.A. where uh, the Metrolink train in Chatsworth ran into a freight train in 2008 because messages showed that he was on. He was texting at the moment of the crash. Right. And I don't know why from there on out cell phones, like we said at the top, should just be banned in, in that cab. Uh, The NTSB says distraction is one of our most wanted list of priorities is on is one of our most wanted list of priorities at the NTSB. Weird how she said that, but it shouldn't be. It should be no question. Right. If you wanted to if you wanted to completely eliminate cell phone use in cars, for example, you tell people you're not going to get a ticket if we find you using your cell phone. You're going to lose your license for six months. You're going to lose your license and pay $5,000. Right. There, there's a huge and thing. And it's going to go into a fund 
to help people that have been killed in texting while driving accidents. Right. Even in those instances, you're driving, you're you're distracted while you're driving. You're going to kill one or two people on the off chance you hit a school bus or something like that. You're going to kill 10. In a train, the death toll could be in the dozens, if not a few hundred. So the 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 importance, the the impetus to get the distractions out of the cab is that much more important. So we'll talk more about this when we come back. Are you are you all right? I just had a I just had a sugar stop. A sugar stoppage? Yeah. Have you been hitting the cookies already? No, not yet. Not okay. today. We're going to talk about your health when we come back to Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640. Look, I don't mean to frustrate, but I always make the same mistakes. Yeah, always make the same mistakes, Christ. I'm bad in love. Ooh, but you can't blame me for trying. You know I'd be lying, saying, Before we continue the show, let's just figure out what we're dealing with here. Before the break, you had a a sugar stop, I believe you called it. Yeah. What does that mean? Everything went gray for a moment. Okay. How much sugar have you ingested? Not a lot today. That's Uh the thing. But last night? Well, last night I had about five cookies in the span of 12 seconds. I had I was doing a bunch of stuff like I was driving and I didn't go straight home yesterday. I was driving around a bunch like last minute. So you were starving when you got home. I was hungry mm-hmm. and you could from outside the house smell the cookies that were being baked. You know what you could do is bring I like have little uh, packets of cashews in the car. I usually do. So I'm you usually have, like, good a, about a, stuff like, like a that. power bar or something. Yeah, but so you got home and you shoveled five of them in that maw real quick. I had the reindeer poop. I had the chocolate chip cookie. Mm-hmm. I had the white chocolate cranberry. Mm-hmm. I had a lemon cookie. That's four. And there was one more in there that I think I had. The cranberry white chocolate? I already had that. I already had that. It's already in there. Um, or something else. Maybe it was two chocolate chip cookies. But I did have five cookies in the span of 12 minutes. Okay. And what time was that? Six. Six. All right. So you're, you're, you, what you need is some more sugar. I just feel like it's a roller coaster yes. of sugar and butter right now. Yeah. And I'm, I'm at the low point. Do you want me to go grab you a cookie? No. It's not, that would not help. It would make things much, much worse. Well, not too long ago. On this vote, the yeas are 224 and the nays are 201. The motion is adopted without objection. The motion to reconsider is laid upon the table. Has anybody seen Paul Ryan that excited before? That was Paul Ryan? Yes. Stop it. Go back. On this vote. The yeas are 224 and the nays are 201. Now, it, I have never heard that level of enthusiasm slash personality. In, a, in an interview this ads. morning. It's that and when he's working out, yes. pumping some iron. Yeah. With his uh, hat backwards and his dumb uh, Walkman. He, on. Do you know that he has 5% body fat? Do you know how hard it is to get to 5% body there are, fat? There are people who, my son has uh, 2.5% body fat. There are just people who are capable of that they're freaks i think he works at it though like your son doesn't and need he to works work at, at it. it yeah right and he works at it but i i think that's uh five percent is an unnatural thing but he said that he almost broke the gavel yesterday when the original vote came down now they had to vote again today there were some procedural issues with stuff that was in the bill that the house passed yesterday that cannot be in the uh the version that the senate passes because the senate rules so then they had to come back to the House to make it official. It is now approved. It now goes to the president. 
for uh, final signature into law. I got an email from somebody today, and I wanted to point this out as well. Bob actually said, listen, love the show. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Uh, One issue that is constant statements the federal government is punishing Californians with the new tax cuts due to not being able to deduct state and local income taxes. Let us not place the blame on the feds, but remember that it is our local state politicians that are the reason we have such high taxes. Yes, uh, and I totally agree with that in that it's California state lawmakers that have continued to screw us for so long. Yes. And we haven't done anything about it. We continue to vote the same people into the legislature who do things like um, decide that, hey, let's spend $68 billion on a unicorn train to nowhere. And Democrats repeatedly in the state, oh, that sounds nice. Let's do that. This, it's, it, And I agree, Bob, that, yes, the, the onus right now is the, with this vote today and yesterday, with this vote and we assume the signature of the president, the onus is now on every good honest citizen in the state of California to put pressure on the state legislature to make this go away. Not that we don't pay taxes, not that we don't pay our fair share, but to consider the fact that we are now going to be taxed out of our homes in some cases. If California is on its own and is going to get screwed by Washington, it's time that the people in Sacramento start to take care of working families. And think about that and think about how they have squandered so much money and time on things like the unicorn train. And, and I know that the unicorn train was voted in by vote. I get it. But they, but the they, state lied, legislature, but they lied to us. They lied. They either they lied or they were too dumb to understand the realities. And, and of neither it. one it of those is a good option. A high, right. Exactly. It was like Hillary Clinton. Either she lied to us about the classified stuff or she was too dumb to know what she was doing. Both bad options. Yeah, It's just a frustrating thing. The The president is expected to make some statements about uh, the tax reform bill sometime during the show. We'll try to bring those to you live if uh, if they are of any importance. I also wanted to say a huge thank you. We did You're get welcome. The final numbers for our uh, pastathon. The oh. final totals. Uh, in the 12 days since then, we've gotten a bunch of online donations as well, large ones. We have a final total. So when you count all of the money that was donated that day, all of the money that's been donated online, including the auction items, and the smart and final poundage, because remember, you get a $10 donation, they'd, they'd send in pasta and sauce. The final totals, $462,852. Four sixty-two, and 51 tons of pasta and sauce, 102,000 pounds and change of pasta and sauce. You all went above oh, and beyond. That's incredible. Yep. So big thank you to everyone who, uh, who helped us out. Coming up next, what you watching Wednesday? I like this show that I'm watching. Which one? The Tudors. About oh, Henry that VA. one, yes. You said that there, uh, there's, there's a lot, lot of... of- a lot uh, of gratuitous sex. I guess everybody had sex but, you back know, then. I can get past it. Come on. <laughs> get past it. It's not like you have to fast forward it like my wife does with the oh, kids does she? in the house. <laughs> oh, because the kids At least she there. says she does. I don't yeah. know if she does. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue. The following program is brought to you in living color. What you watching in there? Americans love television. They wean their kids on it. USA television much better. You've been watching too many of those live television shows. <laughs> Nothing on 57 channels and nothing on 57 channels.
Gary and Shannon on a Wednesday. We haven't been able to do this. Seems we've had a bunch of breaking news over the last several Wednesdays. But uh, what you watch in Wednesday when we talk about a bunch of stuff that's going on on the TVs? Uh, you've been stuck on uh, you've been stuck on the Tudors lately. Yeah, all about uh, Henry VIII. He hasn't started killing wives yet, but we're uh, <laughs> ramping up to that. Uh, this is uh, Jonathan Reese Myers and Sam Neill and Henry Cavill and. A bunch of Natalie Dormer, a bunch of big names that you would recognize their face. Peter O'Toole is in this. Max von Sydow, Joss Stone. Did you recognize all those people? Jolie no. Richardson? No. That's weird. But it's, it's you know, it's sometimes when you get into those period shows, they try to speak like the time, stay true to the manner of speech. And sometimes you can get lost in that. It's a little cumbersome. It's arduous to get through it. Like, what What did that mean? It's like reading Shakespeare, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, God, what, you have to decipher and you got to – this is not that way. Um, they're they're speaking in uh, – you know, they Modern day English? Yeah, they don't really stay true to, to the way that, that people spoke. I mean, they do a little bit, but it's not distracting. It's not like – are you a Game of Thrones person? No, I so. I watched one episode and I read one of the books. I I couldn't commit to what however many seasons that was, and my like husband wasn't right into now. it. So if my husband's not into something that's seven seasons, it's probably not going to happen. Because right. then I don't want to be like, oh hey, I I'll see you in uh, July. <laughs> well, and this is uh, the Tudors is a Showtime show, so you're going to find a bunch of uh, nakedity, I assume. Yes, there is nakedity. Uh, bold nakedity. Matt Lauer uh, has probably, the firing is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to the Today Show. Matt Lauer can suck it. Last time the Today Show managed to outdraw Good Morning America from ABC and total viewers three weeks straight was during and immediately after the Olympics, the Rio Olympics in 2016. But since Matt Lauer was fired on the 29th of November for allegations of sexual misconduct, the Today Show has been killing it. They said that the news ricocheting across social platforms, they've had 5.7 million people that watched the Today Show the morning that he was fired. And they've averaged 4.6 million viewers ever since uh, because of the notoriety that they received from the whole Matt Lauer thing. That's uh, Speaking of which, locally, we still don't know what's going on with Steve Edwards. No details very cloudy. have emerged. I don't know about you. I'm I'm friends with a handful of people who know him pretty well and have uh, said glowing things about Steve. Edwards. I haven't heard one bad thing about that man. And it makes me think and it would be so terrible if this was the case. But because we have no details, let's play the speculation game. He's 70 years old, right? Yep. Um, maybe it's a way to force him out at this at this juncture. I would hope not. I would hope I mean, not, that's... too. Like I said, it's it's terrible to think of, of tarnishing somebody's image who has been such a, a stalwart, for lack of a better term, in, in Los Angeles media. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I believe that that would shield them from an age discrimination lawsuit. Unless it's not true. That's the unless thing. Unless it's not um, true. Unless they find that these allegations were made up. Now, again, we don't we don't know what the allegations are other than it. We assume it's all sexual harassment stuff because that's what everybody's getting fired for these days. And the like I said, the messages that I've seen from current co-hosts, from current co-workers, from past co-workers, from people who've known them for 30 years are all positive. Yeah. I have not seen one negative that, comment where someone says, well, 
finally this guy got what was coming to him. Not right. One. Right. And that to me is a little bit strange that if that's an allegation that if he is being fired or ha- was fired because of sexual harassment stuff, that this is uh, that we haven't seen what the details of it have been. Rita Garcia will be his replacement. Rita Garcia was introduced on the Channel 11 morning show Monday. Uh, she is from Texas. She's a weekday morning anchor on Houston's Channel 26. She was also on Good Day LA in October, working for a few days as a visiting Fox anchor from Texas. Though now it's clear she was here for an on-air tryout, they say. That's funny. Working for a few days as a visiting Fox anchor from Texas. Who buys that load of crap? Like, oh, I'm just here from, uh, you know, uh, wherever. Texas, in this case, and I'm just visiting for a few years, and it's just like a roving uh, yeah, because anchor that, game. That happens all the time. It never happens. Look at me. I'm Evan Longoria. I'm just going to try on this San Francisco yeah. Giants uniform just to see what it feels like. I'm going to go to New York this weekend. I'm going to just jump in a radio station and because and, and, I'm visiting. Are you? No. Do you have something to say? No. You sure? Yes. When we come back, we'll talk about Netflix. Uh, their numbers compared to cable subscribers will uh, they may be staggering. Also, John Legend news. The singer is getting into live television and The Office. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, it's from the it's from the musical. I, know. I just didn't expect. That's a good musical. Start singing. I've never seen that musical, but I would absolutely it's watch good. it with it's John good. Legend. I think you would like it. All right. We'll come back with What You're Watching Wednesday on Gary and Shannon. I can't wait to go home. I'm on my way. Driving at 90 hours. Country late. Gary and Shannon. <laughs> I do like his music. I'm telling you. Put on a great show. What is this one? The House on the Hill or something? The, I don't know the names of the song. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. The Castle. The Castle. Castle. Castle on the Hill. Castle. I believe you said the Castle. Top of the hour, we're going to get into the uh, Thomas Fire, now the second largest fire in state history. We'll talk about that, where it's going, and why it's been a great couple of days for the firefighters who are on the lines there. Um, we are in the middle of what you're watching Wednesday. We talk about uh, news from the world of television, and it turns out that Price Waterhouse Coopers now says the number of Americans who subscribe to cable TV has been reached by the same number of people who subscribe to Netflix. Does that make any sense? I don't know if that made any sense. Price Waterhouse Coopers did a survey of 2,000 people, and they said 73% of people subscribe to traditional pay TV normal cable service. That's down from 76% last year, 79% the year before that. Meanwhile, the percentage who say they subscribe to Netflix, 73%. So it's dead even with the number of people who say they also have cable. Wow. Or the number of people who do have cable. Do you know anyone who doesn't have Netflix? No. That's the thing. Is I, I used to say things like, hey, uh, if you have Netflix, check out this show or watch that movie or this comedy special. I know more people that have Netflix than people who have cable. Right, which is weird now. Yeah, and I'm this close. This close. Two. Because how much Monday Night Football do I really watch? Yeah. that That's, that's kind the... of that's kind of where I, I end that thought process. Oh, I want ESPN. I want live sports. But, you know, some of the games now are, are streaming on, on Twitter or Amazon or, or whatever it is. Yeah. 
And I'm just thinking, how much does it make sense to have? And we talked last week about how Disney bought up a lot of 20th Century Fox properties, and they're talking about spinning off their own streaming services, which would include sports. Right. So live sports. It'd be a big deal. I think local news, though, is the other thing that I would really miss. I think my husband would miss it. I mean, he's one of those religious people. He watches it every morning. But you could also still get that with a digital antenna. Oh. You wouldn't need cables. I think you guys would be able to get it from where you are. Well, we're hill people. We're right. not flatlanders yeah. like you. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's uh, that's one of those things. The uh, couple of different oh, news Oh, my items. gosh. Yes. Gandalf is coming to Amazon. Mm. What do you mean? Mm. Not, Everybody I've loves Gandalf. Yes, I love the Gandalf character. Gandalf the white, Gandalf the, the gray. The movies were like, talk, 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 fight, 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 talk, 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 fight, fight, fight. They talk, were talk, good talk, movies. Fight, fight, fight. I liked those Lord of the Rings movies. I once sat down to watch them all back to back to back. Oh, my gosh. I got through, and I think I think my husband was pretty excited with that day plan. Really? And then uh, I got like halfway through the first one, and I was like, yeah, I don't really want to commit to eight hours. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, that's too much. But that would be cool, a Gandalf uh, Amazon show. Uh, John Legend has been cast as the uh, the title, the titular character. Mm, nope. Say that? No. In NBC's next live musical, Jesus Christ Superstar. They announced it yesterday on the Today Show. He is an Oscar winner, a Tony winner, a 10-time Grammy winner. He's fantastic at what he does. And Jesus Christ Superstar will air, they say, Jesus Christ Superstar live in concert will air on Easter Sunday, of course. The Office may be back. There's oh. a revival in the works at NBC. NBC. Steve Carell would not be part of it. Is this something that I should revisit? Should I go back and watch The Office? Yes. yes. I, the I, Office is one of the great shows okay. that have ever been made. Okay. It's just so funny, and you see things you in see your office things. mates. Yeah. It's oh, in really? those it people. is brilliant in yeah. all ways. It is. Okay. It's really good. My daughter actually started watching, I want to say about three or four weeks ago, got into The Office from, I mean, from the beginning. Yeah. And went through the whole thing. And I think she watched last night. I'm trying to remember. She was watching one last night where Jim put together the quad desk. It's a really bizarre. But he put stacked desks up on top of each other. Anyway. And it's when um, Kathy Bates joins the cast, et cetera. And she's got the two great oh, Danes. late. Yeah, very late. I mean, she's made her way through all of yeah, these different episodes. Yeah, I kind of started falling off towards the end. Uh, it, it's, it's so funny. And the best part is, after you've gone through and watched it once... I mean, if you went through and you were a fan of it while it was on originally, you can go back and just dip in one episode at a time, and everything is reset. You'll you immediately remember everything that comes back to it. Uh, everything comes back. There's to only you. a season of it, but the British one is also fantastic. That I have not seen. I I had watched all of the off the American Office, and I just wanted to know what all the hype was about because everyone talks about how brilliant it was, and it's it's so funny. It's great. the uh, The creator would be still attached, Greg Daniels. And the which is great because it was a lot of what he did brought the office, the American version of the office to the success that it did. But they're like you said, it would not be Steve Carell. And they're saying that it would probably not be anybody else in the regular cast as well. I mean, Rain Wilson and John Krasinski, Jenna Fisher, Craig Robinson, Ellie Kemper, Mindy Kaling, among, among others, would not be there. So, But there's never any shortage of stories of office hijinks you know yeah. that just constantly goes on and on yeah we should make a show about here i wonder if they'd use Oscar, uh we... 
<laughs> I wonder if they'd use any of the uh, towards the end of the last seasons. They had some of the young kids that started like joining the like joining the cast of it. Yeah. I wonder if they'd use them as some of the anchors. Just bring on those it. back in. Yeah, it's possible. Possible. So when we get more information about that, because I know a lot of people love The Office, we'll uh, we'll definitely talk about it. Coming up next, it looks like those winds that have driven that monster Thomas fire for more than two weeks, they're expected to be back this afternoon. What that means for firefighters, we'll get into it when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Just Well, President Trump praising the final passage of this tax overhaul, the first legislative victory since he became president. Have you seen the party buses at at Congress? No. There are buses lined up uh, on Capitol Hill being filled with lawmakers who are then on their way to the White House for a giant Mike Pence party. You know what? We may have to uh, dip into that. And see what the conversation's like. Imagine. If Mike Pence is in charge of that party. Oh uh, man. You know what? They're not gonna have they're not gonna have a sparkly water even. They're maybe have... maybe during Swamp Watch we'll uh, dip into the party and see what we can observe from the conversations. <laughs> I would expect actually a news conference from the White House as well. The president did speak before his cabinet meeting this morning about the uh, at that point the bill hadn't been officially passed by the house again there were some technical things that they needed to do so um before the president signs it i expect that he'll make some comments today so we may have to listen to those also the investigation into the train crash are in we washington paying, state continues are we paying for those party buses yes that makes me angry. Pass, uh, pass tax reform and then pay for the big party with your right, taxes. Right, right. What the hell? <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Uh, the investigation continues into that train crash in Washington State, and there are they're now looking into whether or not the engineer was distracted for some reason going into that curve at 80 miles an hour when he should have been going 30. And they don't know if it's a cell phone. They know that there was somebody else in the cab at the time. Somebody was training for that route, but they don't know if that was enough to to uh, distract somebody. And then at the bottom of this hour, we're going to get more into the sexual harassment allegations in Hollywood because there are posters that are now showing up in Hollywood around town here in L.A. of Meryl Streep with Harvey Weinstein. And across her eyes is a, a red bar that says hashtag she knew. And it's uh, an allegation that she was one of the people who was silent in all of these stories about uh, these, the victimization of these young actresses and by these I producers. And I love that because you are lambasting all of these guys, but there were so many women who knew what were what, what was going on. The women who were the the honeypots for Harvey Weinstein, who would lure young actresses to meetings under the guise of "Don't worry, there's another woman here. You're safe, honey." Knew that that guy was a sicko. You know, and to to know that it went to the king of Hollywood with Harvey Weinstein and now the queen of Hollywood, one could argue, with Meryl Streep, the the women should not get a pass on this. The women in Hollywood who knew what was going on and, well, I'm successful, so screw everyone else. It's bizarre because she put out a statement. We'll tell you what that statement says, uh, bottom of the hour. All right. Powerful winds that have fueled that Thomas fire for two weeks 
are back this afternoon, as I mentioned. Uh, it looks like we're going to get winds of 15 to 30 miles per hour, gusts to 50. Isolated gusts in the mountains and the canyon areas, 60 miles per hour. It is going to be dry and windy and a freaking nightmare for firefighters still trying to get their hands around this thing. We're at 272,000 acres. Now the second largest California wildfire they say since the Great Depression, that's 1932, I think, is when the records really started. There have been fires, obviously, burned long before that. But this is the biggest one that we know of, 272,000. Uh, the largest was the Cedar Fire, 273,000. So if they're not expecting full containment until January 7th, there's a great chance, probably not the right word, there's a there's a likelihood that this will become the largest fire in our recorded history. Firefighters have taken advantage in the lull in winds to have those controlled burns that we told you about yesterday. Um, obviously, that's reducing the amount of fuel that this that this uh, re re uh, energized fire can can burn through. Um, they've hosed down vegetation. They've um, gotten rid of, of some burned trees that have presented hazards. They say that they've been working hard for the last three and a half days just to prep for today and tomorrow. And last year at this time, we were talking about what appeared to have been a normal rainy season. And we were in the middle of regular storm patterns where once every 10 days or seven days or so, we'd get we'd get a little bit of rain here, a little bit of rain there. And sometimes we'd have some pretty significant rains. February was the last time, though. February was the last time that that area saw significant rainfall and the humidity in that area. My parents live farther up the coast. And about this time every year, they talk about waking up and finding everything frozen outside. because Not because it rained and then froze, but just because of the humidity in the air and the below freezing temperatures. Not because of Elsa? Not even because of Elsa. The snow glows white on the mountain tonight. Not a footprint to be seen. It's just been so dry that relative humidity in those areas is in the single digits that you can't put together a frost. When that happens, Thomas fire has destroyed 765 single family homes. Think about that. All of those people out of their homes for the holidays. Yeah. And and I can imagine the just bristling of those people when they see a stupid mall. Well, listen, when we were out Wednesday in Valencia to raise money for some of the people who had lost their homes and, and lost property. As a result of the fires, there was a guy there who was literally buying jeans. Not now, he wasn't shopping for the weirdest, coolest gadget or thing or the gift card for this guy or that guy. He needed he was, pants. He needed pants. And I can imagine the the just the the nature of anger as a result of the fires. Then you see headlines that say things like, uh, you know, four shopping days till Christmas. Yeah. It sucks when something really terrible happens to you and the rest of the world goes on like nothing's changed. Weird. It's got to be weird. All right, coming up next, sex harassment trainings for lawmakers. What went on? We know, and we'll tell you all about it. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon... We didn't get to do uh, Twitter Tuesday yesterday. 
So don't forget to follow us at Gary and Shannon on Twitter. Let's see how we're doing. And the promise is that once we finally take oh, some... What? We're at exactly 9,000. Oh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Exactly 9,000. It's like an OCD dream come true. That's pretty amazing. Well, thank you for that. People who have followed. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, follow at Gary and Shannon. My understanding is that you're going to continue to tweet over the holidays. I am? Yeah, like keep everybody informed about what Shannon's up to in her time off. Probably not. Oh. Are you going to continue to tweet from your fat suit? <laughs> Gary's been finding pictures of people on the dark web. That's not and, the dark web. Well, it looked like it. It's just pictures of extraordinary people. Okay, pictures of extraordinary people. Like a three-year-old who's 80 pounds. And he said, this is going to be me on January 4th. Uh, trillion and a half dollar tax reform has passed. It now goes to the president. Uh, the Republicans, bunch of Republicans from Congress are boarding buses literally on Capitol Hill to drive down the street and go to the White House for a party today. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that uh, that that rager. Well, this uh, sexual harassment issue has prompted lawmakers in Sacramento to come up with plans, I guess, to prevent it from going on. I don't I, I sound skeptical because this has been going on for a long time. And not an, uh, not some baloney assembly or some professional who's HR trained or whatever coming in and sitting down the lawmakers for a session on what to do and what not to do is going to make any hint of difference. There's just no way. We've sat through this crap before Well, and it's, in this it's, company. We've sat through uh, what not to do. Don't uh, We go through the training every year about sexual harassment or whatever. I don't even know what it is. Obscenity training. I don't know. You you have to pay attention. You you know what the answers are. But In fact, for us... In all honesty, not well, I should say in it in a normal office, if you were to do it like we do it, you do it for time. Like we we try to see how fast we can get through that training. Absolutely. And because we're not paying attention change. to it. it but you change. know the right answer. Right. You know, it's like taking the SAT for the 70th time. It's common sense stuff. Exactly. And and when we have to sit through the, the presentations, when someone actually comes in the building and does a presentation for us, you do feel like a child. You do feel like a third grader back in the assembly room uh, about because they talk to you like that. They talk to you like you're a kid. And, part, and that makes you not want to listen even more and just get through it. I wonder if there's a uh, if everybody feels like this isn't for me. It's for that guy. You know, that's how Does I that, feel. That would make sense. When I sit through that crap because you and I look at it and we go, well, this is this is obvious. This is absolute common sense stuff. Why do I have to sit through this? It's not me. It's that guy. Or, you know, you can think of somebody in your office who, same, who needs that training. And it's the same thing in Sacramento or Washington if they do this there with the lawmakers. California law does require state lawmakers and legislative staff to attend sexual harassment training every two years. It's all about liability, too. So then the government can turn around and say, well, we're not we're not liable. We sat uh, Senator Joe Schmo through this training. Right. So our hands are, are washed of this. The the Texas House, for example, Texas House of Representatives is now requiring sexual harassment training. It never did before because part of it, I assume, was this is all common sense. 
The state of Colorado is considering holding its existing training once a year instead of every other year. And here's here's a wild thing. Ken Cooley, the Democratic Assemblyman, had an idea when they went into uh, these when they talk about these sexual harassment training seminars, what it is that they should do to improve them, to try to make them a little bit more impactful, perhaps, for the people who need to be listening. He had an idea. Ban cell phones. That's it. Ban cell phones from this two-hour two hour harassment training because he knows and realizes everybody's distracted in this because everybody has that mentality of, this doesn't apply to me. I get it. I understand. I would never do this sort of a thing. Uh, Melissa Melendez from uh, Lake Elsinore. She says, listen, it's like people are lecturing fourth graders. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. She says, I think people go in there hoping to learn something new. They're interested initially. But once you start going through the training, it lacks the material that holds people's interest. Well, that's the thing. How are you going to get your interest held, though, when you're going down the basics of common, decent behavior? You know know how you're going to get interest? You know how you're going to you name names. That's how you get interest. That's how you generate interest. You say, so like, uh, so Oscar, not this Oscar, but an Oscar Oscar got caught groping ladies on the couch in Gary and Shannon office. They need to have you guys write it. Uh, Shannon has had many rules. You know, sometimes she'll start the show with a new rule. Don't take your penis out. Right. Right. Simple rules written mm-hmm. by Shannon. In fact, I think as work. people file into the uh, to the ball, not the ballroom, the conference room where the training is going to take place, that's all that's written on the board. Right. Rule number two: Don't have anything you call the ballroom at work. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that may be just like a one A. But and little cartoons with like uh, the image yeah. and then like a big X over it. Like, big don't X, a big red this. circle with a line through yeah. it. Do not do this. Right. Uh, or, or just an example. This is what uh, this is the email that Blake sent to uh, other coworkers, showing his full frontal. Oh God! Again, not that. That's I'm not like saying this Blake. Born. No, no, not Blake. Oh, not him. I'm just saying. I'm just picking. I a never name. want you to say Blake in full frontal again. In 2015, attendance records showed that at least three senators from California did not sign in for the training. <laughs> in 2013, seven lawmakers did I love sign in. it when you have a job where you have to sign in for things. We had to go to the, our training. Yeah, but they didn't make us sign in like children. Yes, but whenever we do it every year, we have to go through all the way to the very end, answer all of our questions correctly, and then we get to print out a little certificate. Yeah, but that could says you imagine if we had to go to like a sexual harassment seminar on like a Saturday and they made us uh, punch in and out of that thing? My sister works in HR, high level HR in a, in a company up and down the West Coast. So she travels a bunch. And I asked her, I said, how many, how many people have you had to fire because of this? She said none. That it's not really an issue where she's working, but that everybody in that HR community is t- hyper aware of it, like hi- super hyper aware of all of these issues and how they how they're going to have to change the training. They're going to have to update it, like t- to make Melissa Melendez happy. Try to find a way to hold people's interest because some of this stuff is so basic. Some of it's so nuanced, though. I mean, uh, taking your penis out, obviously a problem. Not nuanced, but it's pretty blatant. That's what I'm saying. You know. Some of it is, but um, some of it is blatantly obvious, like taking your penis out. But some of it is nuanced. The guy putting his hand on somebody's back to console them. 
Okay, well then part that's, of that's then, gray area yes, to me. But, but what part the of hell? the tra- part of the training then should also be don't touch anyone. Well, yes, but it's got to be. Let's say someone does go out of the realm of pot. Like if you're sad, if, if you're, I'm if like you in the in office you're, crying, you're, you're going to come over and give me a hug. I'm going to say, what the hell's the matter with you? And then I, you're going to in a caring way. And then with, you're probably going to come over and give me a hug of some kind. Like no, right. you're I not going to do oh, this. This is that a weird, would be weird. Did weird things, with but your like hands. this, like you know, like a embrace. Right. Okay, you're making it so <laughs> awkward. I will never hug you now. Uh, but but if it was an unwanted thing, part of this training has got to be able to give tools to people to stop it from happening. Other than just really? the no, tools? or I'm uncomfortable, or just don't touch anyone at work. I guess. <sighs> don't take your penis out. Don't offer uh, hugs. Boring now. I'm calling an audible right now. Okay. For when we come back. Okay. What are we gonna do? Because I've I'm got. Ready. I'm excited. I've got breaking Lavar Ball news. Yes. Dilly dilly. Omaha. Omaha. All right. The Peyton and Shannon show coming back. <laughs> Peyton Roethlisberger. Peyton Roethlisberger. When it comes to you, no, I ain't got no patience. About you, girl, I just can't fight. You like that cigarette? Next hour, ABC Serena Marshall is going to join us. We're going to talk about the trillion and a half dollar tax reform plan that is now on its way to the president's desk. As are a bunch of members of Congress. They they literally had buses outside the Capitol today to take them several blocks down to the White House to go have a party. So we're going to have to dip in. My understanding is that we do have a room mic in the White House. The I don't know if it's the green room or the banquet room or the whatever it is, the room room. Uh, and we'll uh, check in on what they're doing. But that's all coming up next hour. This, I think, is going to anger you. Okay. Oh, this was the audible. That's I think right. you might use your dad voice here. Okay. I just found out LeVar Ball says he's launching a basketball league for nationally ranked players who've graduated from high school but don't want to go to college. Now, LeVar Ball, of course, took his kid out of UCLA after that kid was caught shoplifting on a team trip to China. UCLA said the kids involved would be benched until they feel like they've been benched enough. LeVar Ball did not like that, so he pulls his kid out of UCLA. Stay in your lane. That was highly criticized because UCLA is a world-class institution where you can get a world-class education, a great school. Any parent would Thank their lucky stars that their kid was able to use their talent to get into UCLA. And get, even if he didn't graduate, get the beginnings of a fantastic world-class education. Right. And the opportunity maybe, if even if you went into the MBA, to continue his schooling or go back or whatever. But that's not what this father decided would be good. What he wanted to do was yank this kid out of UCLA and send him to Lithuania. Uh, Lithuania, by the way, not a great place for a 19 year old. Wait, I got you one better. He also shipped his 16 year old son who's in braces to Lithuania. 
to play with men who are 34 years old and 6'5 and 400, not 400 pounds, but big grown-ass men. 385. Big grown-ass men. Uh, And they sell meat out of the back of their cars in the parking lot after the game to make money. Now, LeVar Ball, not only did he screw with his own kids, but he's going to go and try and screw with your kids. He's going to go and try and get kids that have graduated high school, but they don't want to go to college. What 17 or 18-year-old boy, there are some that want to go to college, but many of them don't. And for him to offer this other avenue of, oh, well, well, I'm going to create a league where you don't have to go to college. You just come play basketball for me. And then we'll have scouts look at you. You'll get money on endorsements and then maybe get into the NBA. Think about how many kids won't get the opportunity for an education that maybe they don't know what that they want, but eventually they will want that. They will want another avenue because not all these kids are going to go into the NBA. Some of them are going to sell insurance. I, I don't know how to feel about this. because, And I'll tell you, because of this reason. You're right that there are a bunch of kids who don't want to go to college. There are a bunch of kids who couldn't go to college. They simply don't have either the financial resources or the mental wherewithal to go to college. And they recognize that. So maybe this is just a version of trade school that comes in the form of but a, a tra- basketball. No, league. because trade, whether it's welding or, or uh, electrician or something like that, you can use for your entire life. You can't use basketball for your entire life. That's not a trade that takes you into your 40s. I see. You know what I mean? Your college degree takes you there. How many mothers – I mean, I know when I was growing up, my dad was like, you're, you know, let's, let's keep at this basketball. We're going to get you a scholarship. You should get a scholarship. You can go to a college. If you're good at basketball, you can go to any college you want. Now, unfortunately for my dad, I'm 5'3", and I have no athletic skills. But that was the thought I, process. I saw the video. That was the thought process. You know what I mean? And I, I'm sure there's a lot of parents that cannot afford college that are hoping their kid's great and has a great talent so that that kid can use that talent to get into a wonderful school and make a plan for after basketball. And that's a hard conversation to have with a kid who's 17 years old and thinks that he's going to go into the NBA and he's going to make millions of dollars and buy cars and jewelry and everything that he wants. And wow, well, look, I'll go into LeVar Ball's league. I'll get the scouts' attention. LeVar Ball knows what to say to these kids to get them on board. Well, And, the and thing it's is, not what their parents want to hear. Based on the decisions that he's made with his own kids, this is not about him helping other families around the country uh, developing their sons or daughters' talent and allowing them to right. find some some success in a professional league. It's all about him making money off of those parents yes. who feel like their kids can't get into college, and this is the only way, the only shot they have at making it as a career is to play professional basketball and then just sucking the money off of those it parents. It is a money grab by LeVar Ball. It'll be called the Ball's Junior Basketball Association. He says it'll be fully funded by his big baller brand. No. No. It doesn't have gonna... any money. And that's the thing. He wants scouts to come in, pay for branding, and then that money will go to the Triple Bs. He says the lowest ranked player will get a salary of $3,000 a month. The best player, $10,000 a month. He's looking for 80 players to fill 10 teams that will play at NBA arenas. Like Staples, Dallas, Brooklyn, Atlanta. You know the cost of that? Just, I mean, just, just, the, just based the facility on that, alone. Just the cost of the facility alone to rent out Staples Center. And that's assuming that he would have some sort of uh, inroad with AEG that owns Staples Center. Come on. 12 minute quarters, a pro three point line. 
He says that uh, there's a lot of work to get the ball or get the the league ready. But he says in in terms of uh, what the the guys are going to wear, the kids are going to wear, all players must agree to only wear big baller brand products, including the triple B shoes on the court. Uh, The logo for the league features a silhouette of Lonzo going to the hoop for a dunk. And LeVar Ball says, we don't need a logo of a guy dribbling. Nobody does that anymore. Wow. Yeah. He taking a shot at Jerry, Jerry West. West. Oh, my God. What an a-hole. Way to understand. I mean, Apple. <laughs> well, you're right. Now I do feel mad about that. I didn't stay in my own lane. Stay in your lane. No, you stay in your lane. All right, we come back. Some more sexual harassment stuff. Uh, Hollywood producer Gary Goddard, uh, T.J. Miller, all of these stories yet to come. Oh, Matt Damon was in the news again today. I heard you uh, defending him on Friday when I was uh, not here. I don't know about defending. I, well, I I believe the words were "lay off a Matt Damon." Lay off a Matt Damon. What do you? Well, I don't, I, the, the idea that you have these high expectations for some of these people. Matt Damon is not my my. My moral compass. Celebrities and athletes are not your moral compass. No. And you don't know, as Mo says all the time, you don't know who these people are. Just because they're successful and they make tons of money doesn't mean they should be the leaders. We'll talk about his uh, his latest headline when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Stories coming up right up to the top of the hour. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed the Meryl Streep posters that are showing up around town. Meryl Streep was called out by Rose McGowan early on in the sexual harassment uh, story because she said she never knew about Harvey Weinstein. She never saw anything that uh, would make her believe that Harvey Weinstein was the monster that he is even though she thanked Harvey Weinstein repeatedly in the Oscars, uh, had worked with him pretty closely, everybody basically said, you can't not know. If you work with him that long and, and are around him that much, you can't not know that this guy was a monster. So there are posters that have now shown up along Wilshire Boulevard, different places throughout Hollywood, throughout town, that are a picture of Meryl Streep with standing right next to Harvey Weinstein and across her eyes is a red bar with white letters that says, hashtag, she knew. And it's time that women are called out on the red carpet. It's time that, that those heads begin to roll, that the women that were the honeypots for Harvey Weinstein that would lure women into a false sense of security in meetings and then disappear only to know that Harvey Weinstein would go and assault those women are just as liable. It's almost like a conspiracy theory, a, a, a conspiracy law that once you understand what you're in for, what, what's going to happen here, eh, you step into the shoes of the perpetrator. Now, now Meryl Streep has denied this. She had issued a response specifically to Rose McGowan, actually, yesterday, that says, I want to let her know I did not know about Weinstein's crimes, not in the 90s when he attacked her or through subsequent decades when he proceeded to attack others. I wasn't deliberately silent. I didn't know. I don't tacitly approve of rape. I didn't know. Now, that kind of follows on the heels of what Matt Damon is now accused of saying. Um, he was at the 
or he was headed to, it looked like, the screening for his new movie, Downsizing, the one with uh, Kristen Wiig. And he described the reaction sort of, I don't want to say from the man's perspective. I mean, it's Matt Damon's perspective, but he doesn't speak for all men. He says, we're in this watershed moment, and it's great. But I think one thing that's not being talked about is there a whole S-load of guys, the preponderance of men that I've worked with, who don't do this kind of thing and whose lives aren't going to be affected. Now, he also went on to say, um, you know, he was asked about what would you do if you knew somebody who was accused of this or what what would you do? And and his response is basically, you know, I don't want to have to work with guys like that. Life's too short. But the question is, if someone had allegations against them, it would be a case-by-case basis. You go, what's the story here? Because he would want to know if he's working with a guy like, like, say, Oscar. Steven Spielberg, right? <laughs> Oscar is the Steven Spielberg of, of pro- producers. So yes. let's say right. if Matt Damon wants to work with Steven Spielberg, but Steven Spielberg has been had these accusations leveled against him, Matt Damon has the right to go to Steven Spielberg and say, what's going on here? You know, if he wants to work with him on some multi-million yeah, dollar Yeah, but movie, not every guy is wearing a bird shirt with a pomegranate martini up in the mountains. Margarita. Margarita. You know what I mean? Not every guy wants to get involved in other guys' personal stuff. It's got yes, nothing to do with me. But, I'm not going to be a vigilante for, for women everywhere. I mean, especially when you realize how many guys have been doing this behavior. Okay, Wait, but, you're not going to work with any of them? Then let me put it this way. Speaking for my bird shirt, pomegranate margarita days. Mm-hmm. But I want to be a vigilante for some women. Like, sure. I want to be a vigilante for my wife and my daughter. And it may be some instances you, depending on where you are. Oh, thank you. But, but that I mean, you can do this on an individual basis. Matt Damon's got four girls. He's got two, four girls. Yeah, I, he's got daughters. I, well, I guess if it rises to the Weinstein level, and you've heard these rumors for years, and he asks you to do a picture with him, right? You know, maybe you think twice about that. But it seems like it's so prevalent in Hollywood. Right. And, but but that here's if my you thing. were to if you were to write a list of all the guys you wouldn't work with. Right, and and what I'm and what I left with not very many pickings. And what I'm saying is that you don't have to be as a guy. You don't have to look at this. Well, I can't change the world, so I'm not going to say anything. Brad Pitt said something to Harvey Weinstein specifically about his girlfriend at the time, Gwyneth Paltrow. If other guys did that specifically for the women that they were with at the time, that I can get behind. That's that's right. where those I mean those little pushbacks, sure. but constant ones, those are the ones that are going to make a change. Matt Damon could get up there today and say, "I am for all women and I feel this is horrible and everybody should be gone." That's not going to make a difference. No. You know, these 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 rousing speeches where one guy takes on this mantle, that's not going to happen. You're right. It's in those individual moments. Absolutely. Case-by-case case basis. The, the, the circles that are able to see something as it happens. If, if I see Oscar groping somebody in the office, I'm going to be like, hey, what's up with that? You know? If I hear about Oscar groping someone in the office and I'm not there, I might say what's up with that. You'd but ask I, me. But if, you'd say, did you see him groping that guy? But if it's just a vague rumor that Oscar's groping people, I'm not going to say, well, I'm not going to work with that guy. I hate myself. You do? Yeah. I'm sorry I'm a, to use I'm you in this, in this uh, hypothetical. Oh, did you mean that Oscar? 
Yeah. I thought you just meant, I thought you were just picking a name out no, 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 of I meant Oh, Oscar you meant him. Ramirez. Like if he, oh, you man. saw him groping somebody. <laughs> all right. All of what is trending this guy, this next guy right here. on Gary and Shannon. We're going to go live to Washington, D.C. in the White House now where the president's talking about his tax victory. U.S. employees, and that's because of what we did. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And... I have a whole list of uh, accomplishments that the group behind me have done in terms of this administration and this Congress. But uh, you've heard it before. Records all over the place. And that will continue and then some because of what we did. But uh, $3.2 trillion, just think of it, in tax cuts for American families, including doubling the standard deduction and doubling the child tax credit. The typical family of four earning $75,000 will see an income tax cut of more than $2,000. They're going to have $2,000. And that's, in my opinion, going to be less than the average. You're going to have a lot more than that. One thing very important for the farmers, the great farmers and the great small business owners that were forced to sell their businesses at bargain basement numbers, we have provided for the most part estate taxes wiped out so they can keep their farms in the family. And that, to me, is a very big factor. Very big. This is, this is going to mean companies are going to be coming back. You know, I campaigned on the fact that we're not going to lose our companies anymore. They're going to stay in our country. And they're going to stay in our country. And you've been seeing what's been happening even at this prospect. But they have tremendous enthusiasm right now in this country. And we have companies pouring back into our country. And that means jobs. And it means really the formation of new, young, beautiful, strong companies. So that's going to be very, very important. Uh, the pass-throughs you know all about and the small businesses are going to be big beneficiaries. We are going to bring at least $4 trillion back into this country, money that was frozen overseas and in parts and worlds, and some of them don't even like us, and they had the money. Well, they're not going to have the money long. And uh, so it's, it's really – I guess it's very simple. When you think you haven't heard this expression, but we are making America great again. You haven't heard that, have you? I, I want to I have them get up and get the glamour and the glory, and I just want to have a few of them come up, and they'll speak for a little while short. If they, the shorter, the better. That way we can, we can get all of you. We'll get everybody up, right? But uh, I want to thank uh, Mitch McConnell. I want to thank – what a job. What a job. And I want to thank Paul. They're going to speak. They're going to say a few words, but – Paul Ryan uh, and Mitch, it was a little team. We just got together and we would work very hard, didn't we? Huh? It seems like it was a lot of fun. It's always a lot of fun when you win. <laughs> if you work hard and lose, that's not acceptable. But I, I'm just going to name a few names and then some of them will come up. But people that I saw so much over the last month and really over the last almost year, because when you think of it, we haven't even been a year. And we did the largest tax cut in our history. We, I hate to say this, but we essentially repealed Obamacare because we got rid of the individual mandate, which was terrible. And that was a primary source of funding of Obamacare. And Anwar, so a friend of mine, oh, congratulations. And Dan, where's Dan? What? Uh, 
No, and Don, too. Where's Dan? Thank you. Where's Dan? Where's Dan? He's not here. Okay. I'll tell you, between Dan and Don and Lisa, uh, you've done a very great job. So a friend of mine called up about Anwar. He's in the office. He said, you didn't get Anwar. And I said, tell me about Anwar. He said, we've been trying to get that passed. The whole country, the world, they tried in Ronald Reagan. They tried with the Bushes. They tried with everybody. They never got Anwar. But we got Anwar in this bill. So we have Anwar. We have mandate. And we have the tax cut and we have the reform. I mean, when you add up the size of this bill, it's really great. So, Lisa, thank you very much. Lisa Murkowski. Uh, so, John Cornyn, the great chairman, Orrin Hatch. Great job, Orrin. Wow. Orrin is a special person. Tim Scott, who has been so incredible. He's going to say a few words. Where's Tim? Where's Tim? Yeah. I haven't. I haven't mostly memorized, but but Tim Scott has been great. Uh, John Thune. Where's John? John. John. Great job, John. Rob Portman, a real student of the tax world. Rob, thank you very much. I want to thank, I said hello to John Cornyn, Pat Toomey. He has been, we rode together in Pennsylvania, but Pat, where's Pat? Pat? Great job. He knows his business. Uh, Susan Collins, we want to thank. Susan's around someplace, Susan. Thank you, Susan. Uh, all friends, I mean, I look at these people, it's like we're warriors together. Uh, Christy Noam on the house, we have Christy Noam and Diane Black. Our great speaker, Paul Ryan, and he is a great speaker. Great job. Kevin McCarthy. Kevin. What a job, Kevin. We had fun. Did we have a good time? Steve Scalise, he's braver than all of us. He's braver. Where is he? Oh, boy, I don't know. He had a, he had a rougher year than most of us, but it's a hell of a way to lose weight, Steve. You said you lost it. Not a good way. We love you, Steve. Great job. Great job. Kevin Brady. Kevin. Kevin Brady. So maybe what I'll do is, and, and by the way, I mentioned AT&T, but many companies have come forward and saying they're so happy and they're going to be doing similar announcements. We're going to see something that's going to be very special. We're bringing the entrepreneur back into this country. We're getting rid of all the knots and all the ties, and we're going to See, you're going to see. You're going to see what happens. And ultimately, what does it mean? It means jobs, 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 jobs. So it's going to be really a very special period of time. We're in a very special period of time, and it's going to be even more so. I want to thank everybody behind me. Maybe I could start with Mitch, and then we'll go to Paul, and then we're going to have a few of the folks come up and say a few words, and we'll have a little fun. Okay? Thank you. Mitch, how about you start? All right. Let's uh, pull away from this now. We don't need to listen to Mitch McConnell drool everywhere. Uh, that was the president. <laughs> a hell of a way to lose weight, you know, getting shot at that uh, congressional baseball game. <laughs> that was awkward. That was very awkward. And then, it, and then the other awkward line was, I feel like we're all warriors together. <laughs> no. No. It's it's inter I mean there are plenty of people who are there uh who are no fans of Donald Trump which is and he knows it it's just uh 
the photo op, I think the we're we're missing sort of the perspective on this because we're watching it on TV. So you can maybe see 15 or 20 people behind the president. There are a few hundred people on the steps of the White House right now. Yeah. For this for this big party to celebrate tax reform. And Paul Ryan looks jubilant, doesn't yeah. he? They're all there to celebrate. I, I assume that the president's going to sign this into law today. This uh, is the they only... are planning a, a big party as well. I mean, of course, they're in a good mood and they're jubilant. This is the only thing they've gotten done legislatively. Well, since they had control of Congress. They've got a Republican in the White House. And this is this is what they're hanging their hat this on. This is now. a significant move for them to get done within the first year. The uh, Mitch McConnell said that this has been an amazing year for President Trump. Uh, this is the first major tax overhaul since 86, so 31 years. So anyway, the president is expected to sign this into law. We will keep an eye on this, and if they say anything. We also have a – when I understand, Blake was able to place a live microphone into the room where they're going to have their banquet, their lunchtime party. Thing. Yeah, I heard that we're going to even be able to see in there. Oh, so it's you a and camera. I. And right. So we can talk about what we like, see. Technologically speaking, is this a, sort of a hidden camera situation, hidden microphone? They don't know that we're going to be watching Yeah, them? it's like a like a hidden in plain sight kind of thing. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, okay. I can't Great. wait. Well, we'll see how that party goes. Uh, when we come back, we'll get into what's trending. We just missed it, but uh, we will get back to it, I promise. Gary and Shanna will continue. Let's sing an anchor from the sun. There's a million city lights, but you know the Well, we dipped into the president there and uh, members of Congress celebrating the passage of their tax reform plan. He's expected to sign that thing into law very soon, but brings me to this question. What else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Well, they're going to have their big party and we'll take you there live when they do. Uh, Magic Leap is trending. What is Magic Leap, you ask? Fantastic question. Magic Leap is a secretive Florida-based startup mm-hmm. that makes augmented reality headsets. Oh. It finally unveiled its first headset. I mean, this was six years in the making, uh, about $2 billion in the making. And the general review is... Meh. Meh. Uh, it's a wearable computer. Uh, simply put, it offers you a viewing window... With the glasses, rather than fully engulfing you in reality, you know, the full blackout headset kind of thing. If you turn your, your to look to your left without turning your head, you'll see the side of the headset in your peripheral view. And they said it feels about as natural as it sounds, which is un. So <clears throat> only seeing directly what's in front of you in the middle of your vision while wearing the headset is the biggest limitation and it ends up feeling like a tease of something that could be amazing. That's the way they describe it in uh, Rolling Stone. Everyone's favorite Christmas song in recent years. Yeah. Mariah Carey is All I Want for Christmas is You. Yes. Finally has earned a spot in Billboard Hot 100's Top 10 of the Week. That's pretty crazy. To be exact, it reached number nine. Breaking the top time for the first time in its 23-year history. Taking a look at the Billboard Hot 100's top 10 this week. <laughs> at number 9, breaking the top 10 for the first time in 23 years, Mariah Carey. And her hit, brought to you from Love Actually. 
It's we, not in love, actually. Oh, you it? bet your sweet butter bottom it is. Oh. And I mean that for real this time, because there's a lot of butter in that bottom, I bet. <laughs> I mean... Well, you don't know anything about my bottom. <laughs> I know you've had about 1,400 cookies in 72 hours. My breath right now... Hold on. Okay, time out. <laughs> my breath smells like salad, Okay. You're the one who just shoved a peanut butter cookie with a Hershey's kiss in that maw. One cookie since last Christmas. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How many? Wait, one cookie since last Christmas. <laughs> one of your wife's cookies since uh, last Christmas. A bunch of lies. That's you're just you're just fomenting lies now. And second thought, you how were- in the world is Mariah Carey making any money after that debacle from New Year's Eve last year? Oh. Did everybody forget that? Some could argue it's not a debacle. And this song rises above any wrongdoing that she could ever do. <sighs> Third of all. Third of all. You'd know that this song was in love, actually, if you'd watched the GD movie. Maybe I'll watch it over the Christmas break. Okay, that would be good. Now, one of the things that I do for – I can't listen to that anymore. One of the things that I do for my passwords, my computer passwords, mm-hmm. is um, I'm a sports fan, and I'll take some of my favorite players. Giants suck butt 19. Giants not anywhere near playoffs. Hmm. Exclamation point. Okay. Uh, no, actually, uh, I was one – the latest password I used was Darvis tips his pitches. Damn. Or you know what he's going to throw. That's good. Thank you. That's good. Uh, It turns out that there are some really bad passwords. The year's 25 worst password list is out by Splash Data, a company that creates applications for password management and security. Matt Kaint pitch. Wow. Uh, Buster can't bust up people who throw it as pitchers. What? My new one is, uh, hey, at least we got Evan Longoria. Uh, is, as in 2016, the password 123456 is on the list of worst passwords. The other one, 12345678, ranked third. 12345, ranked fifth. Come on, people. Uh, they said that the most popular name that is a password is Robert. <laughs> It's number 31 on the list. George is 48. Michelle is 81. Um, years were very popular passwords as well. 1991, 1990, etc. Uh, a very common name, though, sports figure, Jordan 23. I use all Star Wars characters' names. That's not true. I know that that's not true because your password when I broke into your phone was 1234. Uh, Star Wars is... Uh, very popular. It's number 16 on the list. Whatever is number 23. Let me in, number 7. Password is still number 2 on the list of bad passwords. I'm surprised FU is nowhere on this list. Uh, QWERTY, of course, is in. Football. I love you. Admin. <laughs> cannot be true. The most Mon- Monkey, dragon, password with an, a zero. The most annoying word or phrase in 2017? Whatever. How many times has whatever won that? 
whatever's been around a long time. Ever since it's been the movie annoying. Clueless. Yeah, it's given annoying parents since 1993. <laughs> um, the, the other words, fake news, came in at 23%. No offense, but is that 20%? Literally, is it 11%? You know what I mean? I feel like you know what I mean is a crutch people use oh, to you, end a sentence. You, you know, know what I mean? You know the one I hate? This is the one I hate. It's especially when delivered by a crackly-voiced uh, teenage girl. I know, right? The most annoying words that we should retire next year. Yeah. Lit. I know, right? Keep it 100. Ah, I know, right? Woke. I know, right? Snowflake. I know, right? Fake news. I know, right? Swamp watch when we come back. <laughs> Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Julie, what's up? <laughs> Sorry, sorry. <laughs> drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Swamp Watch 2017. Gary and Shannon. Top of the hour, we're going to revisit the uh, train derailment, Washington State. ABC's Alex Stone is going to join us for the latest about what's going on up there and the investigation into uh, possible distraction on the part of the engineer who was uh, in control of that train at the time. But let's uh, let's head on out to Washington, D.C. The party is uh, started slash wrapped up already, it seems, Serena at the Marshall, White House. Serena Marshall with ABC News is there and fills us in. Quite the uh, excitement there today at the White House. Yeah, the White House is definitely having a little celebration. The president commenting about the, it's, it's no question, his biggest legislative victory of his presidency so far, inviting Republicans over to the White House. They all went around and talked about how this will be the biggest tax cut that Americans will seen uh, in a generation uh, and praising the president for delivering on this promise to the American people. I thought it was funny when the president said and he brought up a figure, you know, everyone's going to get this amount of money back or something. The average, yeah. The average uh, going to get this amount of money back. And he says, but I think it's going to be very much more. In my opinion. In my opinion, it's going to be more. It's like, <laughs> well, it's a number. You know, they're numbers. You can't uh, use opinions with numbers. And those are numbers that are based on assessments from uh, they have to score these bills before they can actually pass them. So what do, what do we know about uh, signage uh, or signing of the bill? I mean, it's expected that the president's going to sign this into law. Do we have a timeline on that? We still have not gotten an official timeline on this. Uh, the White House is saying that they need to wait until it's officially like it's this technical process where they have to introduce it and get it printed on this really fancy parchment paper. And it's a big bill. It's a thousand pages. The whole thing has to be printed. That will likely normally take a day or two. But it's not clear if the president's going to sign this before he leaves for Mar-a-Lago for a Christmas break or after he comes back. Now, under constitutional law, though, if this after it's passed both chambers, he only has 10 days to sign it. Otherwise, it automatically becomes law. So if he waits until he returns in early January to sign this, he'll be signing a bill that's already law. Why wouldn't he uh, sign it before he goes? Uh, you know, that's a good question. That's one we've asked the White House and we haven't really gotten a clear response on yet. They say they have to wait until this is officially registered and they have the printed document. And that normally only takes, like I said, a day or two. So maybe there's something that they know that we don't know, but otherwise I can't really speculate. The president in his speech a few minutes ago was talking about how they, in effect, repealed Obamacare. Can you talk about how this uh, how this tax plan affects Obamacare? 
Yeah, the president made a claim today that when the individual mandate is being repealed, which they did in this tax overhaul, that means Obamacare is being repealed. And that is simply not true. Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act currently remains the law of the land. Now, that individual mandate, which the CBO estimates will lead to roughly 13 million fewer Americans without health insurance by 2027, uh, it still leaves the rest of the Affordable Care Act intact. You have expanded Medicaid, which I believe brought health insurance to roughly 15 million Americans. You have the inability to discriminate against those with pre-existing conditions and every other element of the laws. No question repealing the individual mandate is crippling. It's part of a systematic dismantling or erosion of the Affordable Care Act, but it does not mean the ACA has been repealed. And remember, those signups have just ended. And on that last day of enrollment, which was the 15th for coverage starting January 1st, the HHS was so inundated with calls, they had to start taking a list of people, writing down their names, and promising to call them back in the coming days, guaranteeing they'd be able to still get registered for January 1st enrollment. Now, a handful of Republicans did not vote for the bill, 12 or so. Did they get put on the naughty list here with the president? Yeah, actually, one of them wasn't invited to the White House. One of my colleagues reported that Rep. Peter King, he voted against the bill, and an aide told, tells us that he wasn't invited to the White House. Now, those 12 Republicans all come from states where that uh, those, those tax changes on local and state deductions, income, property taxes, things like that would really hit them, New York, New Jersey, and California. Interesting. All right. Uh, well, oh, the, the, one last question. Sure. We had a technical snafu last night because it was supposed to be from the House to the Senate and then to the president's desk. But because of Senate rules, it had to go back to the House. What was that about? Yeah, so it, exactly. So yesterday, the House passed this version, and it had three provisions in it that did not meet Senate rules. Now, the Senate, in order to pass this with a simple majority, 51 votes, they had to meet that so-called bird rule. Now, what that does is it means it has to impact the, the tax. Uh, it has to be specifically related to the tax code and the deficit, and it can't meet. That's why they also had that $1.5 trillion limit that they couldn't be more than on this bill. Three of those provisions, including, uh, interestingly, the title having the word jobs in it, meant that it did not meet those criteria. It was not directly related to taxes. And so they had to strip out those three provisions before the Senate could vote on it with only getting a simple majority. And then once that stripped down version was voted on in the Senate, they sent it back to the House for another vote. All right, Serena, thank you for your work on this. Thank you. Have a good night. Serena Marshall there with the latest on what's going on. This tax bill passed today by the House again, and it looks like the president's going to sign it. There was one article I saw that said that uh, the one aide says the president could sign it this weekend when he's at Mar-a-Lago before the holidays. So could be it's in the it's in the realm of possibility. How's that? Which is just a little ironic considering it's a giant resort and not a middle class anyway. Just the image thing, PR thing. I just oh, I think I would... uh, resorts and companies that have resorts did very well. I know, and that's plan. what I mean. That's not what the that's yeah. not the message that they were trying to send. But all right, coming up next, we will uh, dip into that party, among other things. <laughs> I don't think it's a big barn burner. Well, Mike Pence arranged it, so we can only <laughs> guess what that party looks like. Gary and Shannon will continue with Swamp Watch. From the back to the Blake, I'm enjoying the musical selections today. 
Thank you. Thank you. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. We are in the middle of our Swamp Watch talking about what's going on in Washington, D.C. Mentioned the uh, passage of the tax reform plan by the House and Senate and House again. Now it goes to the president for signature, although the White House hasn't said exactly when he will. Uh, It's expected that he will be signing within the next few days. Senator Al Franken, we know a week and a half ago, said that he was going to step down after allegations of sexual harassment, uh, improprieties, whatever word you want to use. But he did say he was going to resign in the coming weeks and didn't really put a price tag. Price tag? Didn't really put a time stamp on that. It was clear that he was waiting for whatever was going to happen with the election, the special election out of Alabama. And since the Democrat won, I think people are a little bit uh, relieved uh, in the Democratic Party, so they're going to let him go now. But Al Franken tweeted today, I'm taking to the Senate floor to give the first of what will be a series of final speeches. Oh, my God, save us, please. Uh, This one focused on my work to improve education on behalf of Minnesotans and all Americans. I guess there's one thing to be said. I mean, whatever you say on the floor of the Senate is going to be recorded for history. So it'll be there in perpetuity. You know what I mean. Franken hasn't provided any more details on the exact date of his departure, although uh, The Hill is now saying that he'll resign January 2nd, according to a spokesman for the uh, for the Democratic senator. So let's go see what their party looks like. Oh, uh, Blake, you have that microphone. Can you turn that up? Oh, there we go. Can we get the video feed? Oh, there it is. Huh. Some long tables. Looks like those uh, buffet, uh, you know, the big metal buffet things. Those trays that. Yeah, I guess they just. Like a sterno that they're burning underneath there. Is that. Are those beans? They're eating beans. Hmm. It's going to get fragrant up in here. Where are the cocktails? Well, I see a, a, a thing of juice. Is that juice? Is that apple juice? I don't think it's. Well, it's definitely not champagne. There's no bubbles in it. No, there are no bubbles in that. Oh, yeah, there's Mike Pence. He's right next to the juice. He's pouring people uh, juice in little oh, Dixie cups. Yeah. God, those little plastic boring. cups, I hope they're I hope they're at least plastic lined because if those are just paper cups and they sit, that juice sits in there for you any know, how, how Mike Pence is that? He picks apple juice because what, what goes good with apple juice? Not vodka. I'm not, just happy. Not he, rum. I'm happy he's got that because the press release I got said it was water, Ritz, and Kraft Singles. So the fact that he went up for juice? Don't knock craft singles. You can do a lot. Smuggled with those. in the apple juice. Is that Paul Ryan doing pull-ups? Those aren't. Well, yes, it's a pull-up into a squat, jumping up into a pull-up, and then into a squat. A burpee, again. an extreme burpee, something like that. Oh, Mitch McConnell brought his hound dog. No, that is Mitch McConnell. Oh, that is Mitch McConnell. Oh. Oh, and look at Christy Noem. She's the uh, congresswoman from South Dakota. Damn girl. I mean, in a she's in a room full of uh, uh, heifers and doughboys. She's uh, that's like going into the uh, the room at Chia in Vegas, where only the cops are. What? I've never been into that room. Marco Rubio, he's wearing his Christmas boots. Why is he throwing? Look a at those little around. heels. Look, why is he throwing a football around? Why does Lindsey Graham have a doll? What is he doing to? Oh, he's a ventriloquist. 
That is not a John McCain doll. Is, is that Liza Minnelli or is that uh, Ted Cruz? Oh my gosh! Is he going to be the entertainment? He's not wearing a dress. Oh my yes, gosh! He, he is. is wearing a dress. Yes, he is. Marco Rubio is wearing boots. Ted With Cruz heels. is wearing a dress. Sparkle boot heels. Okay. Uh, when we come back, we're going to jump back into our uh, discussion of what happened just the other day in the train derailment up in Washington State. Alex Stone is going to join us. And our latest installment of Terror in the Skies. Mm. All coming up on The Gary and Shannon Show. Follow me into the door. Shannon, KFI AM640, more stimulating talk coming up in about a half an hour. Dr. Wendy joins us for Wednesdays with Dr. Wendy. We're going to be talking about stress and how to get over it. Why is anybody stressed at this time of year? I don't know why. Well, we have spent a lot of time talking about this investigation into that fatal Amtrak tra- uh, crash up in Washington near Tacoma. Uh, looks like they're focusing on in on the possibility that this engineer was distracted by a trainee who was in his cab or a cell phone. Alex Stone with ABC News has been covering this investigation for us. Hey, guys. Yeah, and uh, they don't know at this point. The NTSB says they just flat out don't know. They're going based on the, the small signs that they have trying to figure out what this could be. They have not interviewed the engineer yet. Uh, and uh, we were talking yesterday about uh, why not. And, and they say it's mainly just that he hasn't been medically cleared, that they can't talk to him until doctors say it's okay. Uh, but also they do want to try to get their facts together before they go in so they know some of the answers that, uh, that they are already that they are tossing his way when they question him so they can see if it all adds up, if what he's saying is also goes along with what the evidence that, that they're seeing. Uh, but they know that the train was going 80 miles an hour in a 30-mile-an-hour zone. They know now that he did not pull the emergency brake uh, for whatever reason, something that, that, as it's been described to us by those in the railroad industry, that the first thing as an engineer you would do when there's a problem is try to stop that train and pull the emergency brake. He didn't do it. It automatically engaged as a part of a, a crash sequence that the uh, locomotive did, uh, but he never touched it. Uh, and now they also wait to, to find what is on this recording. There was a, uh, an inboard camera focused in on the the cab of the locomotive, and they hope that that camera will show exactly what he and that conductor were doing up there. That conductor was learning the route with them, and if they were talking, if they were on their phones, if they were distracted in some way, if they can get video off the camera. They say it's pretty well destroyed. They've sent it to a lab back in D.C. trying to extract anything off of the camera. Do you know if Amtrak has rules that would prevent an engineer from taking their phone into the cab of the train? Well, they they shouldn't be using it, uh, and we understand that there are some rules about uh, use and, and possession and other things that it, it may be able to be in a bag, but but not be used while they're uh, sitting there at the controls. So that would be a problem uh, if it turns out to be that. But we don't know. They are uh, scouring the cell phone records of the engineer. Uh, they're going to look over all of those over social media. They actually want the cell phone records of every crew member, not just those who were. Uh, in the cab of the the locomotive, but all others as well. And they'll go through all of that as they try to piece this together. There's no indication that this was a mechanical situation at this point, that he was hitting the brakes and the train wasn't stopping. Uh, but they, they have to go down that road and look at that, too. They see no indication. You know, early on there were all the comments about maybe Antifa had put something on the, the tracks because they had a history of doing that around Olympia. 
uh, several months ago. They, people have been arrested for uh, trying to block the tracks. No indication that anything was wrong with the tracks uh, in this. That, that wouldn't have made them go to 80 miles an hour when they, they should have been at 30. They're really focused in, even though they have not found the cause. They don't know what, what led up to this. They're focused in on that engineer and what was he doing. Speed control technology, like positive train control. Um, regulators have been pushing for this to be on the tracks. The industry has been pushing back because of cost. Was this section of, of track due to have positive train control at some point? Yeah, it was coming next spring, but unfortunately it wasn't in place right now. They had been building it along this section of track, and they were installing it in the process into this locomotive. This was a new locomotive that came off the assembly line in Sacramento not that long ago, within the past year, and it had a lot of new technology on it, but it did not have positive train control, uh, unfortunately, or that potentially could have stopped this from happening. NTSB, they believe that 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 might have stopped this if it wasn't a mechanical issue, if it was just an issue of hitting the brakes and that the engineer didn't do that, that the computer system, positive train control, would have taken over when he wasn't reacting to the upcoming turn, uh, and it would have hit the brakes at that point. The president of Amtrak was in Tacoma last night and told reporters, no, that he doesn't think it would have made any difference The positive train control wouldn't have uh, stopped this from happening, which doesn't seem to make much sense since it seems like we're going down the road of Maybe the, the engineer didn't react, but a lot of rail lines in the U.S. still don't have positive train control. The, the mandate is next year. It was bumped up from 2015. Uh, it's lengthy, the, the timeline to put it in. It's expensive, uh, and they, they were in the process of doing it and, and testing it. But, no, it wasn't in place yet. It could have potentially saved lives. Uh, you mentioned uh, earlier today about the traffic nightmare because I-5 has been closed for so long there's no real good yeah. way to get from Tacoma to Olympia now uh, outside of a, a ferry because you've got the Puget Sound on one side, some rural areas, and then a giant military base on the east side of the highway there. How are people dealing with that? Oh, it's hell. On, uh, on the freeways and on all the, the bypass routes, everything is clogged right now. And it was worse yesterday. At times they had 20-mile backups, and not just 20-mile backups that were moving. They weren't moving. They were parked on, on the road that they were on, on these side routes where they had taken side streets. And then on I-5, it was backed up all the way from the closure in DuPont back to Tacoma, and nobody was moving. It was a parking lot on, on I-5, taking many hours to get past this. And the alternate route is about 75 miles to get around this once you get off and, and go around. So folks have been stuck in it. It is a major issue. Uh, the, the state patrol has been holding constant updates to say how they're doing, trying to clear the roadway. They say at 3 o'clock today that they should have a plan for opening up at least one lane of traffic to get around. They just a couple of hours ago, and it was impressive to see, got the locomotive out of here, uh, 270,000 pounds that locomotive. They had to put it on a special low-boy truck, and it's so heavy that they had to use two big rigs, one to pull, one to push, the, the engine compartments of the big rigs, uh, to, to take the locomotive uh, northbound in the southbound lane, since the southbound lanes are shut down, at about 10 miles an hour. They couldn't go any faster with this thing, and they had to cut back signs and trees because it's so big that, that they were going to hit on, on the route to get it out of there. It was a huge undertaking to get the locomotive out because it's so big and so heavy, but they've got all the train cars away now. They're cleaning up debris, they're, and they're trying to fix the road where it was damaged. They're putting up new guardrails. 
they hope to be able to get some traffic going soon. I've having lived there, I've seen a lot of the trucks that you talk of. Uh, by the way, I retweeted your picture of the the locomotive on that flatbed there, the low boy. That's how they transport airplane bodies through through Washington yeah. State is on trucks like that. Yeah, and uh, this one was a challenge just because uh, of the weight that they had to figure it out. In fact, they tried to lift up the, the, the with a crane last night and put it onto the low boy, and then they figured out that the low boy couldn't take that much weight. It got too low and was dragging on the ground. They had to take it back off and get a part out of Oregon shipped up uh, with an extra beam that they put underneath of it, and then they tried again, and it worked today. They were kind of improvising on how they were going to do this. Uh, and it eventually worked, and just barely. I mean, it is low uh, when they started going uh, just off the ground because of so much weight on that low boy. And then they finally got the, the locomotive to Joint Base Lewis-McChord. That's where they're putting all of the pieces of the train so the NTSB can go there and inspect them and be able to climb through them and look at the wheels and everything without being out on the freeway. Yeah. Alex, thank you. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, guys. And Alex Stone there, the Merry latest Christmas. from Washington State. Yeah, we that's, don't see uh, that, and that, that, again, I retweeted that at Gary and Shannon. You can also follow Alex at A Stone ABC News on Twitter. And his picture there is, uh, it's pretty amazing. The idea that you would see a, a train locomotive on the back of a big rig uh, just making its way. Thankfully, it doesn't have very far to travel to get to, to the military base that he was talking about. Terror in the skies when we come back to Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. <laughs> Gary and Shannon. A couple things we were watching. Trillion and a half dollar tax plan has now passed through Congress to the Senate, back to Congress. Now it's official. And in fact, uh, the president is expected to... uh, Expected to sign this thing into law in the next couple of days. Also, Alex Stone just updated us on the uh, Amtrak investigation and the look into whether or not the engineer was distracted uh, right before. The world of fast food ah! being cha- Ooh, what was the world of fast food being changed by? Oh, robots, I assume. Uh, whether or not that engineer was distracted right before he went into that curve at 50 miles over the posted speed limit. And the other story that I found fascinating: Meryl Streep is being just brutalized in some posters that are showing up around town. Her, a picture of her with Harvey Weinstein from a few years back, and over her face are the words, she knew, suggesting that she knew and was somehow silently complicit in all of this uh, sexual harassment and, in Harvey Weinstein's case, sexual abuse that was going on in Hollywood. So, anyway. Well, well, well. Five women on a flight from Baltimore to L.A. got into a brawl. That would qualify as terror in the skies. Flight 209, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Get off my plane. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Enough is enough. I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. It's Gary and Shannon's Terror in the Skies on KFI. Picture it. Sicily. No, I'm just kidding. Sicily? That's a Golden Girls reference. Picture it. 
You're on a coast-to-coast flight, Baltimore to L.A., when suddenly you hear it. The music is playing, and it's playing loud. What? Where is this coming from? You're stuck on a plane. What do you do? Is it John Cusack holding up a boombox? It was a woman with a boombox. Oh, it was? Yep. Oh, well, in that I don't know if it was in your eyes playing. (laughs) Well, five women on this flight got into a physical fight after one woman started playing that music loud on a boombox. The argument began soon as the plane landed and while it was taxiing. Flight attendants were a little delayed in getting to break up the fight because they were strapped into their seats. Cell phone video captured on the plane shows a woman slapping and pulling another woman's hair. It was a mutual combat situation, is how it was described. (laughs) Two women appeared to be wasted and were playing the loud music. Passengers complained, and the two women said, What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And that's when the fight happened. Now, the two women who were worked up in the brawl sued Spirit Airlines, saying that the airlines fed alcohol to these women and then failed to defuse that brawl. It went to court. They were represented by who? Gloria Allred. Oh, of course. It was a 12-day trial. Let me pull the car over for a minute. 12-day trial yeah. for uh, altercation over a boombox and some Imagine, and course, rum and cokes. Of course, not always a full day, and they'll take a pretty healthy lunch break, maybe sure. 90 minutes, and maybe a break, little stretch break or morning and late afternoon. But Probably Glory Allred has a packed schedule, and they had days where they were, they were dark or whatever. Yeah, well, let's just assume then maybe four hours a day. Maybe. 12 and that's, days. 12 days. The flight itself was five hours, maybe five and a half, depending on the wind. Well... The court applied California law, which prohibits liability based solely on serving alcohol. You can't say uh, X, Y and Z establishment. You're on the hook for this stabbing because you fed Gary Hoffman too many pomegranate margaritas. (laughs) Unfortunately. But come on, there's got to be something. The flight attendants have got to know that the the group that's waving around a boombox in the middle of a flight is going to be trouble. Right? Yeah, but what are you going to do? You're tell them to turn it off. Tell them to turn it off. Maybe they tried that and they were landing. If, but hold on. If you don't do what the flight attendants tell you, they'll they'll turn that plane right around. The thing is, is it seemed like they were already in the landing pattern when the boombox started playing. Uh, and so it was kind of like, eh, what are we going to do? Let's just weather the storm. Weather the storm. I heard that Southwest I, was going to have like live bands on their planes. Well, but that's different. No, no, no. That's also audio terrorism. I don't want you to pick music for me when I'm trapped <gasps> in a, a tin can. Do you like music playing when you're at dinner? Sometimes. Like like individual singer-songwriters who are out there with a single microphone, tiny little amp, and an acoustic guitar? Sometimes. Rarely, though. But when I'm in my a wife plane, will walk in and see that and turn around and walk out. Yeah, honey, you can't get reservations here. We've been we've been trying for months to get into this place. Nope, no, no, no live music while we're eating. Yeah, because it can be very distracting. Then there's that thing where you have to walk past them when you leave, mm-hmm. and they feel like you should tip them or something like that. Anyway, this woman is brave right here. I'm just looking at a picture of that uh, one of the other passengers took, wearing white stretch pants on her plane. We've talked about the. We talked about the what's the degradation I think of clothing when it comes to airplane flights. There could lately. be an argument against white stretch pants in every single arena. 
Not just on you a gotta, plane. You got to be brave. You got to be bold. White, to put stretch, on white pants stretch pants to hide nothing at all. And she's wearing them on the Spirit Airlines flight. I felt bad for the Chargers last week. Why? Because they were wearing white stretch pants. <laughs> what, you're gonna Could you that? imagine being a lineman and having to wear white stretch pants? Very different. Holy hell. 350 pounds looks good on them. I don't know, man. I don't think anyone looks good in white stretch pants. When we come back, Dr. Wendy Walsh joins us for our weekly appointment with the good doctor. We'll come back with that to Gary and Shannon. The doctor is in with Dr. Wendy Walsh. Well, welcome. Dr. Wendy Walsh joins us. Hello. You hear her uh, Sundays right here on KFI. Four to six. That's right. Uh, Four to six. And always on the iHeartRadio app. You know, every single show, you just go on and you put keyword Dr. Wendy and And up they all come. Even if there's a a football game from some team. I don't know what team you'd be talking about. I don't know either, but uh, Dr. Wendy Walsh is always available on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, Well, here we are in the middle of uh, what is to be... The Super Bowl of gift giving. Speaking of football, uh, you said that you have a, a gift he, buying hack. Here's the thing: a lot of people have a hard time figuring out what to give people, coworkers, friends, spouses, whatever it is. And the one thing that I have been doing is, since I ran into this issue maybe a year and a half ago, I realized all I have to do is keep track of the things that the people say they want. Oh, because you mean. You have an app for that? Well, I don't how have do you app. keep track? I just, just use a little, little list. Just a little on the notepad. Phone. You yeah. make a notepad. I and make if a somebody notepad. says, I would love a Tesla for Christmas, right. you write that down? I already have it down for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, there are some some resource issues that will prevent me from giving you it, one. I'm just letting you know. It'll be a little model keychain one. <laughs> it's going to be a letdown. But I have things on here for my kids or ideas that I come up with and I think, oh, I've got to remember that at around Christmas time. I'll write it down. So I have uh, there's a bunch on here that I have written down for my son that I have that I got that will be Christmas. I hope gifts he's not listening. Year. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because he doesn't remember what he said. But exactly. he doesn't remember. Yeah. Uh, I have well, there's another for, thing I use Blake. with my 14 year old daughter. I simply say this: send me the links, and she just sends me in a text all the links to the gifts she wants, yeah. and then I choose which ones I'm going to buy. Right. My wife does something terrible, similar because yeah. she says she admits that she's not necessarily the easiest to buy for, but she likes the, to be some something creative. And let I, me ask you this: first of all, let me give you a tiny psychological tip, which you obviously don't need. You're a great gift buyer, and then I have a question for you. Uh, first psychological tip is: we buy generally gifts for people that we would like ourselves. Sorry, but that's it's hard for us to get out of our own space. So, it what your app, your app, your list on your phone actually does is keeps you in the space of somebody else. So it's a really good idea to really think about what they would use or do and think about them and their life. And the other thing is if it's somebody that's not, you know, a close, intimate family or friend, it's absolutely okay to give consumables because we're in a time of purging. Who needs more stuff? We're, right. The economy's booming. Everybody's – my brother said the funny thing. He goes, we're doing a secret Santa for the adults this year. No more adulting gifting. Uh, he said it got to the point where I'm – Handing my friend a Home Depot gift card and he's handing me a, you know, yeah. iTunes gift card. It's so right. stupid. We're just crap. And on that note, may I just say gift cards? No. I've listen. Yeah. There are people. This so is this is like Republican cards. Democrat fighting. This is a gift cards are a huge, huge issue around this time of year yeah. because some people will say it's the best way to do it. Others will say 
it means nothing There's to the no recipient. There's no thought in that. There's no thought. Well, now, I would disagree. Right. You know what would look better? Just hand the money. They can use for anything in the world. Especially, you know how we do gift cards for kids' parties and teenagers and yes. whatever? Yeah. If they had an envelope with a cool $50 bill in there instead of that iTunes gift card, that's even cooler. Yeah. They, they never touch cash, by the way. Their whole, these young kids... Right. Everything is clicking on an app and swiping with a credit card or an ATM. They never see cash. I started giving my nephews checks so that they'd open oh. bank accounts and, you know, save money. Great and idea. they were, like, so excited. What's this? It's a yeah. check. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know? Okay, now I have a question for you, Gary. Yeah. So I have a very bad mental block. I do not know how to buy gifts for men. I can't figure out what you guys need. I'm going to say something sexist now besides beer and a steak. Okay. Omaha Steaks is an idea. Sure. But I, I just, like, how do I shop for guys? I hate, I, just, I always feel like I'm going to make a mistake. Home Depot gift cards. Home <laughs> Depot gift cards. That's one way to do it. Um, Chargers tickets. There you go. Do Take them out somewhere. I mean, as much as, as much as, like you said, there's an, we have stuff. We all yeah. have enough stuff right now. This is not us. We're not stuff hungry. Think of something that you would think that we would like to do. I guess. Oh, I have an idea. Okay. So my brother and his wife, there's a certain restaurant that they went to for their first date in Ottawa. Yeah. I should buy them just a gift there certificate you go. to that, or, or I should take them out to dinner as a third wheel. Just give them Canadian <laughs> money and say, go to this Canadian restaurant and be Canadian. <laughs> I mean, if... Or, the, you know, uh, concert tickets. Experiences. You if know, you know uh, they like that. Gary yes. likes, uh, you know, uh, Mumford and Sons, so... <laughs> Get them concert tickets and wrap them up for a concert that's next year. Something to do. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. And the other thing we're doing for all the young people this year is just a bunch of stocking stuffers. Yeah. You know, one gift and then a bunch of fun little things. Those are fun, too. I mean, Even because if it's those, just socks and underwear. You those know? can be simple. You know, they don't. you don't have to break the bank to fill a stocking full of stuff. And it can be stuff that they would use. We've, we've given uh, our kids um, uh, deodorant. Uh, <laughs> makeup, makeup uh, yep. hair, goo, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's, that that kind of stuff. For just, it's still you still get to open it. It's still a yeah. Christmas gifting thing, even if it's more practical than it is wowing. Yeah, and I think Walgreens—they're not a sponsor here. I just want to say knows that we do this because they have so many beauty packets that yes. are like five dollars. I <laughs> love. Uh, I fell into a CVS store the other oh, day. Same deal. And I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. So if I had a girl to stuff a stocking for. <laughs> well, and, and a lot of them will now just simply set out extra stuff. Target, Walmart, all those big ones, they'll have, this is your stocking stuffer area. They're under 10 Everything's bucks. under 10 yeah. bucks or yep. 2 bucks even. Yeah. Yep. And you can fill up your stockings that way. So Love that. Um, my dog has a stocking. Are you serious? Does your I dog think- have clothing too? There's little... Don't say little booties to wear in the cold. No. Okay. But he gets me crazy. I've actually seen women strap up little boots on their dogs. But the last couple of years, Pajama Graham has been nice enough to send my family, including the dog. Maybe this is the year I should try Pajama Graham. I tell them how big he is. What do you mean, how how do they know? You haven't seen the picture of Fergus in his pajamas? No, no, I have. I have. Um, oh can we Lord. talk about stress when we come back and yeah. how to avoid it? Are this you time feeling of year? a little stressed right now? I am. I think I'm feeling stressed just because of uh, working this weekend and <laughs> traveling. <laughs> Best stress reliever, by the way, yeah. other than getting all of your shopping done early, is to then go to the mall with nothing to do 
and just watch people eat each oh, other. Oh, I know. Oh, my gosh. Just humanity you know what? That, rears its ugly head. That de-stressed me. I went to the mall, not last night, but the night before, and just driving there and seeing people cut each other. And I live in a very um, – people have kind manners. It's very kind. People drive with manners. Not like the West Side, um, not like oh. my old neighborhood. And people were just, like you said, eating each yes, other. I mean, cutting so people great. off. And then when you get to the mall, people are just running around and the looks on their faces. It actually had uh, an effect, a calming effect on me. Like, yes. oh. Don't go there if you have work to do. But if you got nothing to do yeah. and you're done with your stuff, go to the mall. It's the season of joy. No, it's peace. not. That is never oh the God. case. Okay. When we come back, I want to talk about... <laughs> How we can decompress. Dr. Wendy Walsh has joined us. We'll continue in just a moment here on Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon and Dr. Wendy Walsh. John and Ken will come up here in just a few minutes at the top of the hour and update us on uh, not just the tax plan, but also the derailment story that trained the derailed up in Washington State a couple days ago. And as they investigate, see, figure out, uh, they try to figure out what happened. Well, we're in the middle of uh, stress time as well. You know why I'm dancing? It's not about the train or the tax thing. It reduces stress. That music just made me bop. Good job, Blakey. There you go. (laughs) Eight in ten say that they frequently or sometimes encounter stress in their daily lives. Um, 17% say they rarely feel stressed. 4% say they never feel stressed. And 100% of the people feel stressed this week because it's that whole, you know, sprint into the holidays. Yeah. And I think we set up these arbitrary deadlines for us so that we can get stuff done. And we sort of create our own stress. The truth is, like, I have a little laundry list I want done before I get out of town. And I'll probably be up past midnight doing it tonight. Um, the truth is, nothing would, the world wouldn't stop if I started doing it on January 1st. Yeah. But there was something about getting things closed down down. In 2017 and done before right. I go away for Christmas. Like Gary wants to rotate his tires this afternoon. And I said, what? why can't you wait till the first of the year, after the first of the year to do that? Because my car tells me when it's time. Does it talk or it's got a little light that blinks? There's a thing that says service required 58 miles ago. Yeah, you know what I do? I drive into a place and I talk to a man and I go, it says there's a light there. Do something. <laughs> well, I can have my son do it. I mean, that's the, oh, I mean, wow. I'm not going to rotate my own tires. I could. I don't. That would take me a long time. He's got the new. Oh, he works wrench. at a tire store. Exactly. He should do it. That's yeah. your Christmas present. Right. My Christmas present to him is here. Rotate my tires. No, him to you. Oh, silly. Yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> well, how do we deal with this? I mean, the dancing is one of them. Obviously, yes, that's a good one. Uh, we all need to dance more often. Seriously, put on some music at home. Uh, well, we know the traditional ways to decompress, and in order to do the traditional ways to decompress, you know, deep breathing, massage, all that kind of stuff, massage. Oh, I said that take a walk, exercise, get outdoors, blah, blah, blah. You have to allot the time. You have to first become aware that you're under stress. And believe it or not, the research shows that just becoming self-aware, do a little body scan right now, both of you. Take a little mm. breath right now. Yeah. Inhale and exhale. And now I want you to feel from your toes all the way up and just sort of check in and ask yourself, oh, is my shoulder tight? Wow, look at that. I have a pain in my foot. I know what you're right? thinking right now. What? That you feel like your stomach is full. What'd you eat? What'd you eat? <laughs> I, I had a salad earlier. And? I had a salad and about six M&Ms. And? I didn't have any cookies yet. Last night. I had cookies last night. <laughs> anyway, 
Just the, don't you feel now that you've checked in with your body? Don't you feel a little more that. relaxed? Well, you know what's funny is yeah. just the simple act of silence is so uh, soothing. It's it can be so soothing, and it's such a lost art nowadays. I love silence. I took the dog for a walk a couple nights ago, and I usually take my phone with me, and I'll listen to the Conway Show at night or whatever, and that is fun. And but just not listening to anything. So, you, leaving so, Conway's, the so Conway's been ruining your life. No, no, Conway's been making <laughs> me laugh, but there's also something to be said about silence when I need silence. And yeah. So Conway time. is why you're stressed out. No, it's not yeah. at all. No commercial intended, but that is the best benefit of my American Vision windows. You have them too, don't you, Shannon? Isn't it make the house oh, silent yes, when I you love, want to I love them. Yeah. I love silence. I love oh, silence. It's like a museum in there. Oh. It feels so good. All right. So I was reading, there's a list that we found from uh, zenhabits.net of ways that you can decompress if you're under experience a lot of stress. And I laughed out loud at number two called self-massage. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> um, to clear your sinuses too, isn't right. it? Right. That's I, I not wonder, Harvey Weinstein, I, right? I wondered if it was a metaphor for something. But uh, then the writer writes, I like to massage my shoulders, my neck, my lower back. It helps a lot. And I'm like, really? Um, but I've actually been massaging my feet. Sometimes Your own feet? Yeah, after walking in high heels all day, oh, I and I take a shower before I, I go to sleep, that. and before I get in the sheets, I massage my feet with lotion, and then they, I sleep better. John, do you self-massage? Puts the lotion on its body? <laughs> I can't answer that. <laughs> sure you can. <laughs> Come on. No, probably not, because no, then you'll um... stay where. If I say yes, you'll say where. We don't want him to relax. We like him highly stressed. <sighs> Makes for good radio. As soon as I come in here, I can feel my stress level. (laughs) That's not true. Uh, Yes, it is. (laughs) It's called the Shannon effect. What's coming up on the big show? Uh, We're going to have a guy on. Uh, You may have heard that uh, Cardinal Bernard Law died out of Boston. He was the one that they had to toss because he'd covered up uh, priest abuse for many years. He should have been killed years ago. The award-winning movie just the other uh, year was about him. Well, we're going to talk to Robert Costello, who says a priest abused him. And his suggestion for Bernard Law is that he should be chopped up and weights should be put on every piece of body part he has and drop him in oceans around the world. So he'll that be should have been done while he was living. Yeah, yeah but, I know. But it, how does he feel about the Cardinal? <laughs> That's, wow. That's a lot of cutting, too. He is a big man. Yeah, yeah. You need the power saw for that. Aww. So he'll be on after 3 o'clock. And Merry Christmas to you. That's right. <laughs> John and Ken up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Oh. oh. Gary and Shannon. He's giving it the big build up there, and he did not deliver at all. What a shame. Nobody wants to see that. 